What's up? It's Terrence the God, and you're listening to FPFO presented by the G2S Network. Hey, this week Terrence got his first opportunity here in this shit in the stadium. Uh huh. Nah, for real. Uh huh. Hey. Matter of fact, what we not? Cause Rod already told me I need to chill out this week. No jinxes for know. next week. All of that shit. But then but, I know hmm. it's growing. I'm jinxing the hell out of us today. Oh, give a fuck. <laughs> Play y'all bound, bitch. <laughs> Super Bowl bound. Uh huh. <laughs> Welcome to FBF4, I'm your co-host Terrence, welcome back, another episode, appreciate y'all tuning in, we got a fucking dub, uh, when was that, Saturday? Yes sir. We got a dub Saturday, my first dub in the stadium, every other game I went to, we took an L, but, bad luck. Yeah. Well, I'll let me that motherfucker. Yeah, swear to God. Because Jalen Hurts, you know, Jalen Hurts went down to injury. But, you know, all of that being said, the energy is a little different in here. <laughs> Lots different than normal weeks, but we gonna, you know, we gonna push through. Again, welcome to FPFO. Um, if you haven't already, make sure to like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Um, all DSPs, the audio version is available. So if you want just the audio version, Check us out there um, all, at Four Panthers fans only. Instagram, TikTok at Four Panthers fans only. Um, what else? Rumble at G2S Network. Same thing for YouTube. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, then you can search Four Panthers fans only on that as well. I don't know if I want to let the whole. Hey, you want to sing this shit? Nah, you don't hate it. <laughs> hey, I like that shit. Turn this shit down. I'm gonna give y'all a, a disclaimer. <laughs> Terrence is going to be. If your kids is with you, turn it off first and foremost. <laughs> uh, Terrence is gonna be riding Brian Burns' dick so bad today. Not really, bro. Cause he ain't do shit. I mean, he just played a great game. Did he? Like he continues to come in here and like make JJ look so silly every fucking week. So I mean, I mean, I really don't. I mean, okay. Like I just told you, I've I watched the game. I've watched the game three times since Saturday, and we had the best view too. I ain't gonna lie, we had a uh, we had an all twenty two too, no cap in the stadium. But uh, Brian, Bur- I don't even really want to start here because uh, oh my fault, bit bro. Damn, cheers. <laughs> um, I, I don't even want to start here. Where I want to start is by saying. Uh, if we could have got a little bit of help Sunday night, then I would be feeling a lot different than I am right now. Um, huge win, though. Huge win. As y'all know, I've been saying for the last three or four weeks consecutively that I felt as though Detroit was our toughest game remaining. Um, it did not look like that on Saturday. However, 
I felt as though before the game, that was going to be the case. I actually even, to a couple of fans that asked me about what I thought was going to happen, I was telling people that I felt as though we were going to get clipped. I'll be honest. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie to y'all and say, you know, I had the utmost confidence, especially coming off the loss against the Steelers and how, you know, embarrassing that performance was, no fight, et cetera. Um, so I was, I will say I was, I, I was pleasantly surprised on Christmas Eve when we came out and we did what we did to the Detroit Lions. Um, we will get into, you know, the playoff pictures and scenarios and things of that nature later on in the show. But um, a huge win. A huge win. Like I said, I wish we could have gotten help from, from Arizona on Sunday night. However, we, we took care of business. Now, from my standpoint, that's all great. I mean, I had a blast at the game Saturday like we said, Terrence got to see his first win. Um, so that was great. Glad that I got to experience that with him. Whatever, you know, all of that shit is cute. But in that same breath, we still have a lot of work to do. Because shit is not going to get any easier. Um, you know, we have Brady next week. And then we have the New Orleans Saints, which is always a tough game, interdivision game. So I don't know. I'm happy, but I'm not content. I'm not complacent. We need more. We still control our own destiny. And if the team that shows up, that showed up Saturday, shows up for the remainder of this year, I mean, we might catch a body in the playoffs. Simple as that. Now, I ain't going to say who body is going to be, but we might catch a body in the playoffs. What would you like to say to start it off? Uh, yeah, so like JJ said, we went to the game Saturday. Great game uh, from start to finish, honestly. I think, like, the first play was like a 30-yard run, or maybe it was the yeah. second play. I don't know. First play. First play was a 30-yard run from Chuba. So, I mean, that pretty much set the tone for the rest of the game because after that, Deontay Foreman got some. Chuba came back and got another 30-yard run, yep. and then we scored on the opening drive. And so, I mean, if you're in the stadium, then that's something that you want to see. Something that I haven't really seen all year. I don't think anybody has. It's been – no, I don't know if we scored on the opening drive this year. We might have. <clears throat> we well, just off of the you know off the top of my head, I know we scored in the Seattle game. We had a good drive, but we stalled out. Okay, I don't think that I've seen us this season really march down the field and punch it into the end zone. I, I yeah. can't recall it. I'm sure, you know. Actually, I wouldn't even say I'm sure. I don't know if it has occurred, but off the top of my head, I cannot remember. Yeah, so it, I mean, that was a very good like open and drive and just a way to come out and show that you're about to dominate the football game. Mm -hmm. And so that was something great to see. Um, like JJ said, I, I feel very good about the win. I was able to see it in person, so I feel very good about it. But um, I would be delusional to say that, you know, we still have a lot of work to get done going forward. Um, we need the Arizona to beat Tampa Bay. Um, both of the, these next two teams that will play Tampa Bay and New Orleans, we, we beat them both this season. But yeah. – I mean, they have a little bit more to play for. Obviously, we all do. But, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the trajectory of, of the season looks different than when we played them at, uh, at the beginning of the season. And regardless of what you say, Tom Brady has been playing like shit. It's still Tom Brady. Uh, in the back of my mind, you just can't, like, dismiss that. Because out of all the shit games he had this year, he could come out and play his best game of the season against us. Yeah. But, I mean... So we still got a lot to look forward to. Um, but this does give me a boost of confidence going into the game, knowing that we are capable of putting on that type of performance that we put up against the Lions. Uh, we really just ran the ball on them all game, honestly. And the way Tampa Bay has been looking this year, 
I don't think that anything should necessarily be that different. They have a little bit more guys on defense that that we know, but they're also still banged up in, like, the secondary and other areas of the field. So, I mean, as long as we go out and start like we did Saturday, uh, it's going to be a tough football team to beat uh, throughout the rest of the season, going into the playoffs. Like, we'll be a very tough football team to beat. But saying all of that, yeah, it was a very good week this past week. Um, glad we got the dub. Uh, and, you know, we still got work to do, but I'm excited to see where we go from here. For sure. And um, <clears throat> just to touch on, you know, kind of kind of how you wrapped up right then, I think that that was just kind of, you know, going back, which typically we don't like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of going back to last week, I think that that was probably what my biggest issue um, with the game against Pittsburgh was is because I'm completely confident in the fact that this football team that we saw Saturday is the same football team we can say we can see week in and week out. Yeah. And I think that's where my biggest issue came in. I think that's where a lot of that frustration, honestly, on both of our parts came in was because we know what this team is capable of. We know the guys that we have rostered. You know, we have we know the talent that has been accumulated over the past two or three years. So we understand that we have dogs and demons on the roster that go get money. But then when you come out and you just look sluggish, it just leads me to believe that you are complacent and that you thought a football team was just going to roll over and die for you, which, again, like I said last week, a Mike Tomlin-led football team is never going to do that. One of the greatest coaches to ever do this shit, in my opinion. So, you know, that's what my biggest issue was is because I saw this kind of performance against Denver. I saw this kind of performance against Seattle, those two coming in consecutive weeks. And then I see, again, you know, that we are capable uh, of doing Again, what we did Saturday. So that's where a lot of that frustration came in last week. Um, and I tried to relax last week, too. I thought I did a good job, and then I went back and re-listened. <laughs> and there were a couple of moments where I spazzed, but I'm glad you're in better spirits. Let's yeah, just say that. Uh, nah, <laughs> I'm I, glad you're in better spirits. I definitely feel a lot better. Um, <laughs> I, I needed that after last week. I usually don't get out of character like that, but mm-hmm. they, they really had me hot just because they let a mediocre football team like uh, the Steelers come in and just – yeah, do what they wanted on, especially on the ground. So I mean, that that really had me frustrated. So I'm just glad that I am in better spirits. We was able to bounce back, and so for sure, uh, 37 to 23 was the final against the Detroit Lions Saturday. Um, that took us to six and nine, moving us or keeping us in second place in the NFC South, due to the fact that the Arizona Cardinals did lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, quick stats here: Sam Darnold. 15 to 22 for 250 yards in the touchdown. Um, Deontay Foreman, 21 rushes for 165 yards in the touchdown. Chuba Hubbard, 12 carries for 125 yards. Um, and Sam Darnold also added six rushes for 19 yards and the touchdown. We'll, we'll touch on that too because I know you've been a huge advocate for Sam Darnold running the football um, and, and you've been kind of championing that since, you know, since he, he's – Regain that starting position. So we'll, we'll talk on that a little bit as well. Um, receiving wise, DJ Moore led us with five for 83 and a touchdown. Terrence Marshall had a big time catch down the sideline. I think that was either the second or third drive of the game. I mean, just a he's a dog. Yeah. Matt Rule did him a huge disservice. And I don't really want to bring that name up too many more times <laughs> on this podcast. 
but Matt Rule did a, did him a huge disser, uh, disservice on the field and within the fan base because I feel as though a lot of us were unfair to him based on what we were being told from the coaching staff and upper management and things of that nature. And I think all of that started from Matt Rule. So, again, Terrence Marshall, he only had two catches, um, but he did have a huge catch um, in, the, in that first quarter that led to more points. Um, defensively, Shaq Thompson once again led us, and we're going to have a mini conversation on that as well because we've been tough on him all year. The past two or three weeks, he's led the team in tackles. Um, and then again, he did break a career high or a career record this week as well. I think he ended up totaling like one eight. He's at 118 or 119, something like that right now. So impressive from him. Jeremy Chen still looks like bullshit in coverage. <laughs> uh, six tackles for him, six tackles for JC, five for Frankie. And then, of course, the two sacks from Brian Burns. Um, for Jared Goff... 25 of 42 for 360 or 355 yards and three touchdowns. Really solid day from him um, with the exception of the fumble in the red zone coming on their second drive. Um, but solid day from him. Everybody on the ground was con contained. Four for 12 for DeAndre Swift. Jamal Williams had seven for 11. Um, DJ Chark caught four passes for 108 yards. Armin Ross St. Brown, seven for 76. And Khalif Raymond. Had a big-time bomb, one catch for 56 yards. Um, but all of that being said, I think that we asserted our dominance this week. And, again, why the frustration came in last week was based on the fact that we understand that this offensive line is elite. So when you get rammed up front the way we did against Pittsburgh, it, it, it leaves a lot to, to be desired, if we're just being honest the offensive line came out and responded. Not only the offensive line, but we were extremely tough on Deontay Foreman last week as well, you know, and rightfully so. Ten carries for nine yards is really just pathetic, to say the least. But, I mean, career high for him, uh, career uh, uh, franchise record for him, franchise record for, for contribution from Chuba Hubbard because it was um, a total yards thing. But Deontay did break the record for, you know, most rushing yards by a running back. Um, and, and, and just dominant. Just dominant. And like we always say, we always say this, and I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again this week. Everything starts up front. Everything starts up front. You know, when you have guys coming off the football and, and, and punching niggas in the mouth the way we saw Sunday against Detroit, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. This offensive line, in my opinion, has the ability to do that every single week because it's not like, you know, it's not like Detroit's D-line is just soft and not built like that. I just think that this offensive line is, is just different. That's just my opinion. That's my honest opinion. That's, you know, that's all I really have to say on that front. Like, this is a very, very impressive day. What was the, um, what was the total, 370? Yeah, I think it was 370. And that, I think it's like, that was overall, right? I think they had yeah, two that something was in the first half. Like which, 212 or 215 in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. No, that was another record, too. Yeah, which was like the most by a team in the last seven years or something like that. Yep. So. Just very, very impressive. Let me take a look at this real quick. 290. Yeah, so 320. And, the, yeah, that's right. We had 320 on the ground total. 
Sam threw for 250, so 570 yards of total offense. And I'll say, I'll say this as well, just, you know, just looking back on this season as a whole, I personally, I, I knew that this offense could be a little bit better than what we saw the first seven weeks. I never in a million years thought that this offense would be capable of, of putting up 570 total yards. Nah, especially given the last, that's something that would be hard to believe, especially given the last few years that we've had mm-hmm. under, you know, the coach that we had previously. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he he's pretty much, he had pretty much ran the franchise into the dirt over the last two or three years. So, yeah, it was definitely something hard to imagine. Um, and then, yeah, like JJ said earlier, uh, we were hard on Deontay Foreman because, we seen what he was capable of during the season. And then he had these games where 10 attempts for nine yards is just embarrassing, honestly. And so we kind of held him to a higher standard. And I think he came and responded uh, this past week. And also the same with Chuba. But Chuba has been very consistent over the past few weeks. And uh, I think we hit on that probably two weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. I was just saying how Chuba is being able to respond under – the pressure that he's put under that we don't necessarily pay that much attention to, but he was drafted by us in hopes to, I mean, eventually to to get a lot of reps, but he was behind Christian McCaffrey. Right. And so obviously we know that he's not going to get that many reps behind Christian McCaffrey. And then he becomes a starting back when Christian McCaffrey goes out, when he gets traded. But then we bring Deontay Foreman in, and now he takes the second seat again. And so for him to be able to still stay level-headed and still – run the ball hard and respond. That's been something that's that's been very big for the team. Um, and he actually started off last game. Yeah. I don't know what that was. I don't know if that's, like, something that's going to be permanent or – Nah, he said – Steve Wilk said in the presser that it was just a, a matchup thing, and that's just how they wanted to start this particular game off. Okay. So, I mean, for me personally, there's no running back one. Yeah. That's the way that I see it. I mean, when you look at our last two wins – you had uh, Deontay and Chuba both go for 75 against Seattle. And then, of course, Deontay had a little bit of a better day uh, this past week going for 160. Um, he also had a lot more touches, though. Right. He had a lot more touches. So I guess in that respect, you could say Deontay is still the clear cut number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chuba, Chuba got 12. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Deontay did have 21. Chuba got 12. And with his 12, he averaged 10.4 yards a carry. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's, I guess you could say there's a clear-cut number one in the sense that Deontay is getting more reps. So, if that's what you're going to base that off of, then that's fine. But, I mean, you're going to have a long day and a hard time preparing for either one of those guys, especially when they're coming in and, and, and you know, Ben McAdoo and Steve Wilkes are rotating them in and out the way they've been doing the past couple of weeks. Yep. Um, I just pray to God that we don't ever – ever see them both go for nine yards ever again in my life. Yeah, and then if that happens, then we back to square one. Get another fucking running back in the room. But, I mean, hopefully we don't have to see that again. I mean, you already know how I'm feeling, though. Because Raheem Raheem be toting that shit. I don't care what niggas say, because he don't get a lot of attempts. Like, okay, uh, Saturday he he got three carries. Three carries for three yards in the tutty. Now, you look at that stat line and say that's very, you know, very unimpressive, leaves a lot to be desired, et cetera, et cetera. 
But it's the way he it's the way he runs the football. And I know he's a smaller guy, but he really, really be toting that shit, bro. Yeah, but I mean that's that's running back two at best. Is it? Yes, bro. That that <laughs> is run, that is running back that is running back two at best. Why? What do you mean? Why? He, I, he's I mean, so, no, I'm not don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that Raheem is a, a running back one right now. But I mean shit, give him three years. Three? Yeah. You know the shelf life on running backs in the league. Three years? I mean, he is a rookie, but... I mean, when, he's a rookie, and he's gotten, like, the bare minimum amount of touches. And he... Bro, we haven't... We didn't start seeing him until Matt Rule got fired. I didn't yeah. even know this nigga existed. I think maybe we saw him in special teams, but I didn't even know this nigga existed. Yeah. Until, you know, week seven, week eight. Yeah. When he really started toting that shit. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly fine with his special teams role. Like I'm fine with that. Give him a little some touches here and there when Chuba and Deontay ain't doing what they supposed to do. I agree he does run the ball hard, but I don't know if like I I I don't see him being a running back one ever. But maybe maybe that can change. Uh, but I mean, he just yeah. so in your opinion, he just a change of pace back. Yeah, honestly, like you That's throw fair. you throw him in, you throw defenses off guard. Um, <laughs> he's our back that can really get to the outside and like really gas the defense. Yeah, and so sure. I mean. Like, he's good for situations like that. But, I mean, I feel like the running backs that we have, if if they can continue to play, I'm not even going to say continue because last week was fucking embarrassing outside. Yeah. Like, but, but in that same breath, though, based on what we've seen since Deontay has over, you know, since he's taken over the running back one roles, you know, last week was really an outlier. Honestly. Okay. What you say? I mean, he – I mean, I don't, I don't know – um, this would be something that I kind of had to l- be very specific in my search, but I'm pretty sure he's like top two or three since taking over running back one duties. And he's only he was only running back one for how many weeks? Like hasn't been that nine. Long. I think what what was this past week? Sixteen. Uh, yeah, yeah, so ten. Okay. Because we traded Christian McCaffrey and fired Matt Rule. Well, fired Matt Rule week six, so week seven. So it's been. Uh yeah, it's been nine weeks. Okay, it's only been nine weeks. Well, yeah, I I guess you can say yeah, you can say it's an outlier, but yeah, typically as a coach or as a fan, like you don't ever want to see both your running backs only having nine yards on the ground. So I'm just saying, like, bearing that none of that happens again, like I like the way our running back room is set up. Fair. And I think Raheem Blackshear, like he he compliments that. Yeah. And so, I agree. Yeah. I, this is this is actually fucking crazy. I'm not going to lie. So I'm sitting here looking at, at his stat sheet. Right? Okay. So just listen. Listen to this. Very specific, but just listen to this. Two carries week one. Two carries week two. One carry week three. Two carries week four. And five carries week five. Right? So that totaled him at 21, 23, 32... 30, so he had 37 yards um, going into week seven or week six against Tampa Bay. Two, three, four, five. Going into week six against Tampa Bay. So he did take over the drive week six. Mm-hmm. Um, so 37 yards total. He's currently at 8-11. So he got – can't even do the math that fast, but 8-11 minus 37 – 774 yards in 10 weeks. 
I mean, yeah, that that's shit. pretty impressive. Yeah, I was about to say, I, 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 I'm fine with that. Yeah, and I know that we were very emotional last week. I think part of the reason <laughs> was because of Carter too. Yeah, I was emotional as emotional as I was. I'm not gonna lie, but last week we were very emotional, and Terrence came back and walked back his statement. You know, saying, "What did you say? <laughs> that nigga was hot. That nigga said, uh, everything I said last week. Take it back." The first running back you get a shot at, you take that motherfucker. I said, damn, like that? But nah, um, they've been impressive. They've been impressive. And I like like what you said about Chuba two weeks ago when you were talking about, you know, him still being determined and still being dedicated to to what's going on because it's very easy to lose sight of the main goal when shit doesn't go your way. Oh, yeah, for sure. So they both have been very, very impressive. I mean, they broke D. Will and Jonathan Stewart's record. So if they continue to play the way they've been playing, there's no way that we should, you know, get another running back, in my opinion, because Deontay is going to be a little bit cheaper than everybody else. Now, with that being said, just wrapping up the run game conversation, Josh Jacobs seemed extremely disgruntled in his post-game press conference Saturday evening. That was one of the guys that I think that, if I'm not mistaken, when we had our talk about free agency, um, running back-wise, I think that was a name that we kind of wrote off and said that there's just no way that the, the Raiders will let him walk. And I think I made a point that maybe they will, you know, given the situation and their cap space and the contract for Derek Carr um, and John Gruden and things of that nature. Uh, but But Josh Jacobs is not that far-fetched, in my opinion. Okay. Now, the issue is, how much money do you want to allot to him? And that's what—that's exactly what what Curl just hinted at. The issue is, how much money do you want to give to Josh Jacobs if you have Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard continuing to run the football the way they have? Yeah, that, and also like, I guess what would it look like to? Um, I guess you don't really have to. In some ways, you have to uh, like please the fans, but, like, why would you break up what we have now as far as, like, the running back room? And then if you do decide to do that, who goes? Like, do you bring him in with a Chuba? Do you bring him in with Deontay Foreman? Um, I don't – is Josh Jacobs really a speed – he's not really a speed back. I mean, he's a mix, bro. Josh Jacobs, he 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 can do what you need him to do. Okay, so, I mean, it, it wouldn't necessarily be bad with him and Deontay Foreman. But I like Chuba because he – he can catch the ball too. I like Tuba as well. If I had so, to pick between those two, if we if you're telling me we're gonna bring Josh Jacobs in, you're telling me we're gonna yeah, that's what we're saying. If you're telling me we're gonna bring Josh Jacobs in and one of them have to walk, I'm probably gonna allow Deontay Foreman to walk. And that's what all res- you know, all due respect to Deontay, because I, I, I like his game. Um yeah. I think he, he becomes one dimensional at times like we saw last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he doesn't have the ability to create his own big plays, you know, is a negative at times. But in that same breath, I like Deontay Foreman. I like what he brings to the table. But if I'm if I'm having to choose, then I'm probably going Chuba because, like you said, Chuba can catch a little bit better. Uh, Chuba can create his own pop plays a little bit better. So I think he would probably be a better option. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. 
That's a fair point, but in my opinion, Josh Jacobs is a little bit better. Uh, he he's a little bit more of a red zone threat than Chuba is, because Josh Jacobs is a little bit bigger than than Chuba is. Chuba at some points looks like he lighting ass. I ain't gonna <laughs> lie, I ain't gonna lie. But like I said, Josh Jacobs as the, the goal line dynamic that you would be losing with Deontay, and even in that same breath, I mean, for the past three weeks, I have not seen Deontay Foreman be utilized in the red zone the way that I, I that I would like to see. Yeah. And I guess I I don't understand Ben McAdoo's logic on certain things. I and I'm not even going to try and, and and get into his mind about certain shit. But Deontay Foreman in my opinion is not utilized the way that he should be in the red zone. Because 3 yards and out I don't give a fuck what down it is. 3 yards and out Deontay should touch that bitch every time. Yeah. Because niggas don't want to tackle him. And that's part of the that's part of the, you know, the issue that we saw in the Detroit game is when you have a back like that breaking into the secondary as often as Deontay was, at some point them niggas in that secondary ain't gonna want to hit like that no more, bro. Yeah, nah, for real. And he's very, very self aware in that because if you go back, you know, to the Atlanta game when he was wired in the dome, he was telling niggas first quarter. Hey, they ain't going to want to hit me, bro. They're not trying to hit me. <laughs> so he's very self-aware in that. So, like I said, I don't try and even begin to feel as though I can understand Ben McAdoo's logic on certain things. I really don't. But that's your boy. A nigga walking around. It's 18 <laughs> degrees. He walking around the stadium with shorts on. I mean, just, just a... I ain't even going to go there. Because <laughs> you know, the tone this week is up. But... And really, I can't be mad. Now, this opens up a whole completely different conversation, and we're going to go off script a little bit. But I am just going to give you your credit because, you know, in some of these losses that we've suffered from, when the offense has looked extremely, you know, pedestrian, you have been very vocal in saying that you felt as though Steve Wilkes has played a part in that. And there was a report that came out either Sunday or Monday Um I don't even know if it was a report or just a tweet or whatever, but it was it, it was a credible source, and they were talking about how, you know, the offense has looked a lot different since Matt Rule has gone with the misdirections, you know, in the, in the split back sets and things of that nature, and Steve Wilkes took credit for that. They were, they were giving uh, Steve Wilkes credit for that and saying, like, yeah, I think it was pressure yesterday, if, if I'm not mistaken, that he was like um, – yeah, I mean, we've seen in the league it's documented that teams struggle significantly with misdirections and having different guys pulling and things of that nature. So I'm just giving you your flowers a little bit. Yeah, and, and, and I appreciate that. <laughs> and, let, and let me comment on that real quick. Okay. Because that's, I mean, that's what happens when you do all that little cute shit. Mm-hmm. And like when, when you do stuff like that, then there's more potentials for tackles for loss, like just the line getting blown up because – no disrespect, like the linemen play a big part in the football game always, but you don't necessarily always want to have these 300-pound men having to pull and go pick up linebackers and shit like that, like just have them to block down or just take the man in front of them. Like yeah. That's way more simple for them and also for the running back and the quarterback because so much stuff can like fuck up when you misdirection, doing all this extra shit. And but it's been look, working. I mean, look at, look at Sunday or look at Saturday. It's been working. It's been working. Yeah, I, well, you talking about as far as the misdirections and shit, because that was something the the offense and the run game was very very vanilla when Matt Rule was the head coach. 
Yeah. Steve Wilkes, he seems like he's brought a different approach um, to the run game in particular, the offense as a whole, but the run game in particular. And it, it's working. Yeah. Well, I also feel like it's more so Steve Wilkes knows how to use the players around him as well. Because, like, we hit it on a lot. Like, we thought Terrence Marshall was bullshit because of Matt mm-hmm. Rule. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a couple other players we didn't really Raheem. see a lot of. Yeah, Raheem because of Matt Rule. And so, and then, like I was saying, like, I also feel like Steve Wilkes is one of those coaches, and he told us this to start with. Like, he's going to have a hand in a lot of the stuff that goes on within the team. Yes, he did say and, that. Because and, that's like a Bill Belichick style. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he also has his hands in a lot of the offensive plays that's being called, the defense that's being ran. And when you have coaches like that, then I feel like your team begins to look a lot better. Because I think Matt Rule was relying on uh, Ben McAdoo way too much. Yeah. I, I don't think he's, he's fit enough to really – handle his own play calling. Like, play strictly coming from Ben McAdoo, I'm not trusting that shit. Fair and point. so I think that that's, that was a lot of reason of why we couldn't really generate any offense when Matt Rule was there. And mainly because, I mean, like we said, the nigga is a college coach. He had no experience in the NFL, so he's really just brushing off that responsibility to an offensive coordinator who's been here a little longer. Yeah, and, and it goes back to, you know, what I've been saying for damn near a year and a half. And I'm, I hate that we're even spending this amount of time on that rule. But it goes back to what I've been saying for a year and a half and saying that he just never really, in my opinion, had any control of what was going on. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Reports and things of that nature have come out that he was micromanaging a lot of shit. But just because you're micromanaging shit doesn't necessarily mean that you have control over what is going on. This offense, to me looks like Steve Wilkes has control over what is going on. Like, yes, uh, yes, Ben McAdoo, you can make your calls. You can do what you're going to do. You know, schematically, you're going to come out and you have your approach to the game. But ultimately, at the end of the day, yes, you can come up with your scheme, but make sure when you develop your scheme for the week that this shit is in it too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, You know, I never really got that feeling from Matt Rule, and that's why I always was under the belief and – you know, maintain my stance that Matt Rule never had any control over shit that was going on. So that's that on that. And since we're here on on Steve Wilkes, this morning on Good Morning uh, Good Morning Football, Derek Brown and y'all know how vocal I've been about Steve Wilkes and how I I, I don't know how t- I I really don't know how Terrence feels about Steve Wilkes, <laughs> and I'll let him speak for himself. But just to support. You know, the argument that I've been making for the past month to month and a half. This morning on Good Morning Football, Derek Brown came out and said, quote, I'll speak for everybody in that locker room and say that we want Coach Wilkes to be our next head coach. So I had a little chat Saturday with bro. (laughs) (laughs) I had a little chat Saturday with bro, uh, you know, about some other things. But listen to your players, Dave Tepper. <laughs> listen to your players, Dave Tepper. If you don't want to listen to him on the conversation that we discussed, then listen to him on this. Um, another another bright spot to me in our offense this week was um, DJ Moore. And again, I'm going to give you your roses, give you your flowers, because a lot of people had a lot to say when we did that whole DJ Moore segment. You know, and we compared him. We were trying to find somebody to compare him to, mm-hmm. and Amari Cooper came up. 
Um, I gave you pushback on the whole Keenan Allen thing. We never really touched on it and, 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 you know, expounded upon our thoughts as far as who was better and why, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of people had a lot to say to you on a lot of different social media platforms. I'm, I'm sure in your personal life as well, when you made that comparison and said you would take DJ Moore over him. Um, but those people are being hard. They're hard to be found at this very moment. Because yeah. DJ Moore has been balling. Um, this week, let's see. They're showing me lion stats. This week, five for 83 in the touchdown. And then last week, he had, what, four for 73 or 75 in the touchdown? 73 in the touchdown, yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, so DJ Moore has been a, a continuous bright spot in the games that were successful in, with the exception of the Seattle game. And that was an outlier because he was dealing with the injury, and it just seemed like, you know, we had we didn't have passing on our mind that much. Yeah. So that was, you know, one of those outlier games. But if you look at the Denver game, if you look at this, um, the game this past week, and if you look at the Steelers game, DJ Moore has been, you know, continuing to look more like himself and the DJ Moore that we've known for the past three or four years. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, he's beginning to, you know, I think that the receivers as a whole are beginning to trust Sam, like have way more confidence in Sam than they had in our previous quarterbacks. Uh the only one I'm going to speak on is P.J. Walker. Like, I don't think the coaching staff as a whole really trusted him to throw the ball down the field. Yep. And so, I mean, that kind of took away from a lot of receivers like D.J. Moore because I think that D.J. Moore is – a lot of people said Robbie Anderson was our deep threat. I think D.J. Moore was as equally as our deep threat as Robbie Anderson, even though I don't think he had the speed as Robbie Anderson. But a lot of those passes that you see, he caught a 47-yard touchdown uh, this past week. So – I mean, I think that he's really starting to, like, showcase his elite talent against, um, I'm not going to say mediocre corners, because not all of them are mediocre, yeah. but he, he simply fucking embarrassed Patrick Sertan. He did. And everybody keeps saying <clears throat> Patrick Sertan is this, he's that, uh, one of the best corners in football. Okay, cool. But if that's the case, then DJ Moore fucking embarrassed him. So where does that put him at? And so... With that being said, I, I think over the past few weeks, uh, now that we have someone back at quarterback who's able to throw the ball downfield, who's able to give the receivers a chance to make a play on the ball, not really put the ball in harm's way, then I think DJ Moore has really began to show uh, his ability to just be better than the guy that's lined up in front of him. Yeah, And I think that's really showed over the past two weeks. And like I said, and I still stand firm on the belief that or on the fact, and from me that, I guess this is an opinion, but to me it's a fact, that DJ Moore is better than Amari Cooper. So, I mean, I, I still stand firm on that. And I think that these past few weeks, DJ Moore has done a good job of backing me up in that statement. So, Fair point. Fair point. I mean, <clears throat> like I said, DJ has not looked like... Um, now, I will say at times, DJ has shown us to be who me and you believe him to be. Mm -hmm. Now, I've been very clear on my stance on DJ Moore in the past. Um, but I think this season I've done a good job at uh, displaying the fact that I do like DJ as a player. I think DJ Moore is a wide receiver one. Um, and like you said, the past two weeks, we've seen that the game against Patrick Sertan, 
the, like you said, the nigga that everybody tried to gas up to be this and that. We saw it then as well. We saw it in the Atlanta game, you know, when everybody was on his jock for taking his helmet off, when after that, the past six or seven weeks, we've seen that occur ten fucking times. Yeah. It hasn't been penalized. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, D, like I said, DJ Moore to me is a true wide receiver one. The fact that he's gone through three quarterbacks this year and he still, you know, has, is sitting right at that 700-yard mark. Actually, he's closer to 800 at this point because he has 761 mm-hmm. on the year. I think that speaks a lot uh, a lot on his ability and, and the talent that he is. And even with it being a down year um, yardage-wise, he's set a career high and, and touchdown. Touchdown reception. So, I think we're in good hands as, as as far as that wide receiver room goes as well. Now, would I like to add another piece? Absolutely. Because do we feel the same way that we feel about Shaw Smith or that we felt about Shaw Smith the last month and a half to two months? Absolutely. <laughs> because yeah. for whatever the fuck reason, and we're going to touch on special teams too, because that's something that's really been pissing me off. That's something that's really, because that was one of the high points of this team, in mm-hmm. my opinion, Throughout the first month to month and a half of this year. Yeah, it was. Special teams has really been pissing me off. And for whatever the fuck reason, not to, you know, not to <laughs> change the tone of the pod, for whatever the fuck reason, Shaw Smith continues to keep carrying his ass back to punt return. <laughs> and it's really fucking no listen, no listen. I need you to understand, Curl. I really need you to understand that this shit is really driving me insane, bro. It's really driving me insane. Now, Raheem, he had the muff against Seattle, maybe. Uh, I, I I can't remember because it was too consecutive. Shaw wanted to get that bitch up. Matter of fact, I think Shaw did get that bitch up. And then the the possession after or whatever may have you, Raheem came in and he fumbled it, but we recovered it. So if your only other option is Raheem, then I guess I understand the, the hesitancy. Or the hesitance. But in that same breath, it's just like, bro, shot is like guaranteed to give that bitch up once a game, bro. Yeah. And, 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 and it's driving me insane. But we, we got Andre Roberts back, but I guess he just didn't play this week because he wasn't ready. Yeah, I don't but know. But he's off of IR, so I'm you not really Andre sure. have Andre back and you have LaVisca. Yeah. So I'm don't. I, I I'm confused on why the fuck Shot Smith keeps going back there, bro. I really am. That That's probably the biggest thing. That pissed me off this week. <laughs> that and fucking kick and, and, and kickoff. Yeah. Our kickoff coverage. And this is to whoever the fuck needs to hear it. Cause I don't know if our special teams guy was somebody that, you know, went with Matt Rule. I can't remember. It's been so much change, you know, in the building. But to whoever needs to hear this shit, niggas need to tighten the fuck up, bro. Because the kickoff the past two or three weeks. Has looked like fucking bullshit. And Shaw Smith for the duration of the fucking season has looked like bullshit. So somebody needs to have a conversation with whoever the special teams coordinator is. Now listen, you've done a great job with Eddie Panera. Don't get me wrong. We, we've been <laughs> tough on Eddie, but Eddie, you know, he's tightened up since Atlanta. Yeah. He's tightened sure. up since Atlanta. And before Atlanta, he was solid then too. You've done a great job with Eddie. That fucking kickoff. And that fucking uh, Shaw Smith being <laughs> back on punt return is really just driving me berserk. 
really, because I'm tired of seeing it. And the kickoff shit is just as of late that I've started noticing it. But I got to see, I mean, perfect fucking angle the whole week this week. And it's pissing me off. <laughs> really. Yeah. <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> I hate that I had to go there, but I had to get that off my chest for sure. I mean, the only thing I would have to say to that, and, and this might sound crazy, but I mean, fuck, if we can't go out there and have the guys that we already have on kickoff to go and not allow fucking 50 yards, 40 yards, 30 yards when they return the ball, put the fucking starters on there. I mean... I, I know so, they, I know they tired, but I mean, if we need niggas that's gonna crash out, then I mean, put yeah. the starters on there because I really ain't seen shit from Sam over these past few weeks. Hey, don't talk about my homie. Like that. <laughs> I really ain't don't seen shit. Don't talk about my homie him. like that, bro. But I mean, see, so, look how you trying to so, bring that shit on. <laughs> see how you trying to put that? See, Terry, boy, you be. I swear to God, you be killing me with that shit, man. How, how did that become a Sam issue? Because I mean, you saw just like how I saw. Sam was still knocking nigga shit loose on kickoff. I, he I just mean, getting picked up. They know what time it is. He a goddamn pro bowler or, or, or reserve, whatever. But shit, he got selected. He a demon. I mean, true, but he need to, he need to show me why he got selected. Because these past That's few how weeks, he beat on. But the, the past few weeks that you've seen that we've been getting fucked over on kickoff, where was Sam at? Nowhere to be in found. the fucking dirt. So, like I said, like I said, exception to a few of those niggas on kickoff. If they don't want their job, if you don't take pride in playing on special teams, if that's the only position you play, then I mean, get the starters on there. That's okay, I mean, man. we trying to give you, we trying to give you a job, we trying to give you something to do during the game. But if you're not even taking pride in doing that, then fuck, put the niggas on there that I'm paying ten million to. I mean, that, that's the only way to fix that. I mean, you're right. You're right. You're right. But I mean, just as long as we understand that Sam still got to be out there. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. Know he'll crash. Yeah, and quiet is kept. I, Sam. Matter of fact, I'm not even gonna start ranting. But let I'm gonna look directly into the camera. Jeremy Chen, you keep fucking up in coverage. <laughs> hmm. And I don't understand why the decision is so difficult for him just to move down and plug Sam in. Because Sam Franklin, to me, had, did not do a bad job when he was a starter. Jeremy Chen, please tighten the fuck up. We had a conversation last week, and, and you got mad at me because I brought Eric <laughs> Reed up. But the nigga ain't been no better than fucking Eric Reed. Jeremy Chen has to play better. And I know that we <laughs> that we went completely <laughs> left right there, but it's just facts. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna still disagree to that statement, but why? But because you see him when he mop a nigga up. <laughs> That's when you you know and which is wrong, which I is majority of the fucking plays. Like he gonna come down and put his fucking helmet on somebody. And then that's cute. <laughs> Cause then what the motherfucker gonna do? Give up a 25 or 30 yard bomb. Right or wrong? I mean, he, he yeah, that that's cool. true. But in some instances he does get his hands on on the ball, he does make plays on the football in the secondary. Obviously, it's not as consistent as we would like to see from our starting safety. But, I mean... Safety. And, 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 and fucking quotations. Our, say, our starting safety. He's a fucking linebacker, and he's nothing else other than that. He's a linebacker, or he's a damn hybrid like Micah. But he, but he, is, not, he is not a safety. So why he can't be a hybrid like Micah? Because there's a lot of other safeties in the league that's not necessarily just great in coverage. And it's a lot of other safeties that ain't <laughs> bullshit like Jeremy Chan has looked this whole season. 
Why can't he be a hybrid then? Oh, I don't care. If he wants to be a hybrid, that's fine. So you just as long saying, as you know, as long as you know, you're not going back there no more. <laughs> <laughs> but Micah still plays and covers something. Micah plays and covers as a linebacker, and, okay, and, and, and they and they shield Micah to make sure and allow him not to be burnt in coverage. They shield Micah in that in that sense. In that regard, they shield Micah. I mean, we see it with a lot of guys. They they attempted to try and do it with Brian Burns. Thankfully, you know, we haven't seen him in coverage as much. But they try to do it with Brian Burns. You know, they do it with Micah. I've seen TJ a couple of times, you know, be in coverage this season. Uh, my man from San Francisco, they do the same thing with him. So it's not like, you know, these guys aren't in coverage. But don't make sure you shield them and you're playing his own so they don't have the ability to be burnt. Because Jeremy Chin this year in coverage has looked like fucking toast. Yeah, well, I mean... In that case, we can't really put it all on Jeremy Chin. Then, like, we can't really. We, but I'm saying, like, we can't really attack him because most of the stuff that you just brought up comes from a coaching perspective. Like, I feel like they, they the coaches need to get a game plan together to where they can make him into that hybrid safety. But, but he's I mean, a safety. I mean, we can't really protect you, nigga. We but you can, but you can protect, but you can protect all these other niggas that you just named. Yeah, but we can't protect all them, you. Niggas, all them other niggas that I just named had a fucking hand in the dirt or they in that box. This nigga want to be Roman. He 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 just not living like he, that. Bro. Okay, he playing to what the coaches want. Like he playing the position the coaches want him to play. I don't disagree that he needs to go to line. Like he would be a better addition for us as like. A linebacker or okay. a hybrid safety. Like, I don't disagree with that statement, but I think to just be like, we know he's ass in coverage, obviously. Okay, <laughs> but cool. I, think, well, I just want to make sure we're on well, the same I think page just to come out here and be like, Jeremy Chan, oh, you just fucking suck in coverage. Like, I, nigga, no, we tell but, him uh, that every fucking week, but at this point, it's okay, on cool. the coaches. Cool. Well, well, at least we know <laughs> that our stance on FPFO is that he fucking sucks in coverage. And that does not, I've, I, I've been very adamant in saying that Jeremy Chen is one of our best defensive players, if not the best. You can make an argument for JC, make an argument for Brian Burns. You know, as far as consistency, in my opinion, it's been Jeremy Chen. We haven't, you know, JC Horn last year went out to an injury, bit of foreshadowing here, done this year, allegedly, due to an injury. Um, Brian Burns. You know my stance on that nigga. <laughs> and we're going to talk about him in the second year, too. But as far as consistency goes, Jeremy Chin is that nigga. I'm not going to say that. But Jeremy Chin knows, just like we know, he fucking sucks in coverage. He made one good play last week after he got burnt. And I, and I sat there and looked at you. And then you were like, oh, what you got to say, say about that play? Nigga, I got to say his ass got burnt the play before. I mean, but he, he bounced back. Like... Man, That's what you want in a player. Nigga, bounce back Terrence. because the same shit with Keith Taylor, that bitch mm. ain't bounced back from shit. Mm. So, I mean, just to mm. see that we got players on the team that can really just get burnt and then come and make a play the next play. I mean, we got to appreciate that at some point because we got niggas on the team who can't. And then no disrespect right, so, and, to but, nobody, yeah, but, but we seen ahead. somebody wearing a Keith Taylor jersey in the stands, and I just don't really understand why. <laughs> bro, you, want <laughs> you want me to tell you why, bro? 
That was his mom. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> other, than that, other than that, cool. Because I didn't even know they, I didn't even know they sold this nigga jerseys in the stores. Especially after that performance that Yo. we seen against the Steelers. Yo. Them shit should have been took out the store. But that, <laughs> hey, we appreciate you, mom, for supporting your son. But that nigga is dog shit. I'm gonna just go ahead and say that. But we appreciate you. <laughs> Yo, oh my God, bro. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, since we're here and since we're talking about the secondary and since Keith Taylor's name got brought up, how is the J.C. Horn injury going to affect us for the rest of the year? If you don't know, obviously, breaking news, I guess you could say, you know, if you're tapped in at all with the Carolina Panthers, you know at this point. But we did this afternoon, uh, Tuesday afternoon, should I say, uh, sign Josh Norman or re-sign Josh Norman. Um, I'm not sure the details on the deal. I'm not sure if they came out yet or not. But we did re-sign Josh Norman. But in that same regard, what we understand is this is not 2015 Josh Norman. We're seven years down the line. Um, a lot of times Panthers fans are guilty of, myself included, guilty of living in the past. I think that's why a lot of us got gassed up when we brought Cam Newton back last year. I think a lot of us, you know, that's why a lot of us are vocal on our feelings about potentially Luke Keekley being brought back in some capacity, whether it be coach, you know, uh, strength development, whatever. Um, a lot of us live in the past. So what I want everybody to understand is, and I'm talking to myself in this regard as well, um, because Josh Norman is one of my favorite Panthers of all time. Um, we're not getting 2015 Josh Norman. So everybody needs to have that understanding. Uh, but I do think that he is more serviceable than Keith Taylor and TJ Terry. I do feel as that I, I do feel that way. Um, he was signed to the practice squad, but they did they did say that he was going to be activated this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but with all of that being said, kind of going, you know, bringing everything full circle, JC Horn. Suffered a season and well, suffered an injury. Initially, they were saying that it was believed that it would be season ending. Uh, Brian Burns came out and said something immediately after the game and said that, you know, his belief was that he broke his wrist. And that was, in fact, the case that he broke a bone or two in his wrist. Um, not sure how much time he'll be out. So right now, there's no timetable on his return. But how does this, in your opinion, affect us going forward defensively? Uh, yeah, I, I think it plays a big part in what our defense will look like going forward. Obviously, I would need to see what Josh Norman looks like. And obviously, I do know that this is not 2015 Josh Norman. Mm. I think we're getting more so of the stiff arm by Derrick Henry, Josh Norman. See? Which, Why you had to go there? <laughs> nah, yeah, that was, I, I did too much. <laughs> Why you had to go there? I, I, I did see? too much. I did too much. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I, I am aware of that. But, I mean... I would have to see him play a few snaps to really, like, judge that. But I think it does put us in, in a bad predicament when we have to put a Keith Taylor on the field mm -hmm. more than we would like, a TJ Carey, when we have to put them on the field more than we would have liked. And, I mean, I kind of like Miles Hartsfield. I mean, he, he hits. He doesn't play corner, but, I mean, still, I feel like he would still be rotated in and out just because yeah, of sure. that situation. That position. Yeah, Yeah. And so um, – yeah, it, it does put us in a bit of a situation when we haven't really the corners that we've seen this year, like outside of uh, JC, outside of um, 
Dante. Dante, CJ. And I don't, I, I about damn near don't even give CJ, I don't even put CJ in that box. The yeah. performance outside of JC and Dante really has been subpar. Yeah, which I agree, but in, in like CJ's a better corner than Keith Taylor and TJ Carey. I want and, one trillion percent of the yeah. statement. And so at least I know that CJ can go and catch a pick. Like mm. CJ can go and deflect some passes now and then. Like I would rather see him on the field much more than I'd rather see Keith Taylor or TJ Carey. And so, I mean, yeah, I do think that the fact that we might have to see them a little more, that it's going to put us in a bind going forward, especially um, if we're able to sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. And we have to, uh, whoever we play in the first round, they're probably going to have some pretty decent receivers. And we're going to have to uh, match up against those guys. And so I think that, like, it, it would be very good to see Josh Norman come in and produce right away. Like, obviously, yeah. I'm not expecting this, like, extravagant performance from him. But if I can see him play a little better than Keith Taylor and TJ Carey, then I think that we'll still be in a position to where the defense can still make things happen. Okay. So this this will have to go more so um, in tune with, like you were saying earlier, uh, off camera or, like, off podcast about the defensive line and, like, yeah. the linebackers, like – I think that this does force them to step up a little bit more because you know your secondary is is much weaker yeah. than it was when you had JC. And so but I think that like the way the defense has been playing, the way they're coached, um, I'm not necessarily hanging my head on the fact that they won't respond. Like I feel like in a way they will still respond. And okay. so um I'm hoping that Josh Norman shows us a little bit to where we can feel a little bit better about the situation. Yeah. And then we can go from there. But it does put us in a tough situation, honestly. And then we had the, I don't even know dude name that really felt, that really disrespected us by not showing up to the team. Oh, But he doesn't even have a fucking job, which is fucking <clears throat> just hilarious to me, honestly. Let me see if I can find but, this dude's name, man. I know his last name was Lynn. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find this shit real. But yeah, that, that was a story in itself that I didn't even have on. The, yeah, we on signed the we signed bro from. I think he was on the Bears. Uh, I think he played for Pittsburgh a little bit. More of the story, he was on the fucking waiver wire, and we signed him because I forgot why we signed. Did we sign? We signed him before signed JC him for, got hurt. Yeah, we signed him because Keith Taylor looked like dog shit. Yeah. Two weeks ago. That's so why we signed We signed them hoping that, you know, we can find a corner that can give us better production than Keith Taylor. This motherfucker didn't even show up. He didn't even <laughs> report. <laughs> he didn't even report to the team. And so, I mean, he just basically said, I don't want a job. So, okay, cool. Stay your ass home. Yeah. I mean, honestly. <laughs> like, there ain't really no other way to put that shit. Um, for me, I think that that JC... That JC Injury is a huge blow. That JC injury is a huge blow because, you know, probably getting too far ahead of myself. Should you make the playoffs, you see Dallas round one. I mean, that, that's pretty much set in stone. You see Dallas round one. Um, either Dallas or Philly. And, I mean, either way, you're going up against an elite wide receiver group. You're either going up against CD, Michael Gallup, and Noah Brown. Or you're going up against fucking A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and, and and just with that group, you just throw another one out there. Yeah, I'd rather take my chances with C.D. You know? 
ain't gonna count. I mean, yeah, I don't want to see. Agree. I mean, yes, he has been playing good ball, but he's also dropped a couple of passes too. Significant passes, I will say. Now he made up for it last week because he got a tutty. Yeah, I mean that's very true. I don't know. I don't really know who the fuck we gonna see. But what I do know is the shit is going to be a lot more difficult without J.C. Horn on that field. I do know that. Um, but I am going to, you know, I will kind of sit back a little bit on my stance just to see how they'll utilize Josh Norman. And even, I mean, even with that, in that regard, this week won't be easy. Because you got Mike, you got uh, Godwin, and you have uh, Julio. Mm-hmm. So even this week, uh, Keith and TJ, y'all gonna have to let y'all nuts drop. I ain't gonna lie because uh, niggas is gonna have their hands full, and I could even go a step further in saying they got those three plus Russell Gage. Yeah. So it's gonna be tough this week, um, but like you said, I have mentioned that this is time for our D line to make money. Specifically, you know who. Nah, he had a hell. Uh, I won't even say he had a hell of a game. Nah, go ahead, gonna, go ahead and say what you was about to say. He had I was, what? I was gonna say he had a hell of a game, but that was gonna be going too far because he had two sacks in consecutive possessions. So I mean, cool, great. Now, were they <laughs> in big moments? Absolutely. Does that fit into the category that you created? Because I said, you know. I said Frankie took over a game, and then I mentioned two sacks. That's what then, you created. And then you automatically <laughs> ran with it. So, you know, did he take over the game for those two possessions? Yes. Um, but other than that, Brian Burns was nowhere to be found. And that's just in all honesty. I mean, he had no other tackles. He did have the pass deflection. So I'll give him, you know, on drive number one, he had the pass deflection. Either drive number one or drive number two. Uh, offensively for the Lions. He did have the pass deflection, so I'll give him that as well. But he still isn't giving me what I need. Uh, and I know you're going to have a rebuttal to that, but this is the opportunity for him to, to, to make more money. It's an opportunity for him to make more money. He's at 12 and a half now. I think that you damn near stamped him getting 15. Matter of fact, last week you were in your feelings and said the nigga was going to stay at 10. So, <laughs> you know, you really need to apologize to him. But I know you don't like apologizing no more because your <laughs> attitude is bad. So, give me your rebuttal because I know you're going to have something to say. Tell me about how you felt about Brian Burns' performance uh, Saturday. So, so cool, Brian Burns. I guess in order for you to be great in JJ standards, you have to go get four. Oh my games. god! So I mean, I didn't even say all I of guess, that. I guess two is not enough. Um, I mean, did you expect him to have like? I, I just need to know your criteria for defensive ends. Like, do you expect <sighs> them? And don't and don't compare him to Micah, bro, because he he's just a different generational talent. And I just feel like that's unfair to compare him to, because in a sense, that's like comparing some. That's like comparing Derrick Brown to Aaron Donald. And even though we've seen similar numbers this year, but it's just it's not comparable. Okay. And so I I, I don't want to I don't want him to be compared to uh, Michael Parsons. And so I just need to know like what what your criteria is for a defensive end like necessarily generating a lot of tackles because that's not typically what happens. 
I mean, you're right. I don't. I don't know what my criteria is. What I know. <laughs> what I know. Here we go. <laughs> no, I'm just telling you. I'm just gonna be honest. I'm just gonna be honest. What I know is that what what number did we 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 agreed on when we were talking about his contract? And I said, if I'm him and I don't get this number. You know, I'm not showing up to camp. I can't remember what was it like, 28 and a half. I said, "Oh, like how much he got paid?" Like yeah, like what you- I said that he should get paid. Should he stay on the same path or trajectory that he was on three weeks ago? Yeah, I think it was somewhere around. It was somewhere around one of the highest paid defensive end, right. defensive ends in the league. Right. So, what is my expectation for you to play like one of the highest defensive ends in the league? I told you, and I'm acknowledging the fact that, <clears throat> excuse me, that is great. That he got his two sacks in, in, in consecutive drives. That's phenomenal. That was those were huge big time plays. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that you were nowhere else to be found the rest of the game and really was getting mauled, because like I told you, I watched this shit three times. Really was getting mauled for the rest of the game, with the exception of those two possessions, it just, you know, it gives me cause for pause. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I, I really don't understand why when you you simply manhandle the team. So it's like, I mean, again, I don't he gets saved. He, how the fuck? How, how do you get saved with two sacks? Like, I don't understand. If if he would have went in there and got no sacks, then okay, you would have a point. But I get two sacks in the pass deflection, and I somehow get saved. You had no other stats. Like that. You had no other stats. That doesn't really. That, I feel like that doesn't correlate and. And for we would have been better off. We would have been. No, ma, I'm not gonna say that. Yeah, because you about to say something crazy. Yeah, I, I, was, <laughs> I was about to be disrespectful. And then, I, I'm not gonna go. That and far now that. I'm still in. And you said, what should the number be for him to, or what should his stats be for him to get this number? I guess we agreed on 28 and a half. I'm not really sure. Yeah, we'll have to go back. But I mean, I'm top five in sacks. Like, I mean, what uh, what else do I have to do? Because. Like I hear people, I hear other other platforms, other announcers constantly saying that Brian Burns is one of the best defensive ends in the league. Okay, and so I'm not really understanding why, and I'm I'm sure you're probably not the only Carolina fan that feels this way, but why we should be hesitant in giving him his money? Like I, I don't get it. Oh, you, I mean, I I think we should pay him. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pay him, but when we pay you, nigga. You know what time it is. I mean, compare like we. I keep going back to this because we compare Max Crosby contract and what he had in that contract year, and I think he had eight sacks. Yeah, eight. He did. I mean, and he got fucking paid. So I mean, damn, I got twelve and a half, and I can't get paid. And I know he's gonna at least get one or two before the year end. Wow. Last week you said the nigga won't get, won't get no more. Well, now, put, now, now all of a sudden now he going you know he gonna get at least one or two. It more. was a lot of shit said last week <laughs> on both parts. <laughs> it was a lot of shit said last week. Well, that we had to go and retract, but I stamped this right here. He at least get fourteen. Yeah, he projected at fourteen and a half. Fourteen and a half, fifteen. He at least get that. And he's sitting at number six right now. He's sitting at number six right now at twelve and a half. And you know who's right above him at number five? Who? Hmm, take a guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like. Micah, Nick, Bosa. Okay, cool, stop. Okay, <laughs> Mike, first, did, did Micah. I, Micah. Curl, that's did, what I compare him to. Micah is number five. Curl. Did, yeah. Nick. Nick is number one. I, I said I said to start this out, we're not even comparing him to Micah. So I don't know why you felt like who was I, trying no, to. I was just telling you, 
That Michael is right above him. I mean, I could already guess that Michael was somewhere in the top five. Like, yeah, because he's a demon. And that's cool. We don't have a Micah talent on our team. He has the potential. I mean, shit, potential is only, only, only so good for so long. It's been four fucking years. Nah, I just feel like Micah is a yeah. generational talent. You're not going to come or across a, a year, lot this like might be Micah. Year three. I don't know. Okay, cool. So, he, he, uh, he had a good game Saturday. Is that what you want to hear from me? I mean, I would say he had that. I mean, I, you don't have to say anything. I've seen that shit in person. Like, I would say he had a great game. Did he have a better game than Frank? So, uh, no, I don't I, even want to go there. I was about to say, I don't even really remember hearing Frank name called Stop that it. much. Bro, I'm, I'm just being honest. Stop I'm it. just being honest, bro. Stop it. Because like, if I can remember correctly, when when Brian Burns was getting them sacks, JJ in the stands, like, he fucking Spider-Man himself. So, I mean, like, <laughs> so now we're going to get on here and act like, oh, he just had an okay game. But you want to be Spider-Man in the stands. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> hey, no, nah, fair point. Very, very fair point. No, nah, I was I was turned up. And then that new little dance that him and Frank do, that shit be having me turned as fuck, too. That nigga be getting freaky as hell on the field. I don't know what that shit is. I like it, though, for show. For shit show. Uh, that's really all we have. Well, no. Okay. Uh... Let's see, where are we going next? Playoffs. I don't even want to, I really didn't even want to put that shit in. <laughs> I really didn't even want to put that shit on the docket. For real, for real. But we have an obligation. And, I mean, realistically, it can happen. Last week, Steve Wilkes said he didn't want to hear shit about no playoffs within the building. So, I mean, cool, we're not within the building. So, we're going to talk about <laughs> shit. Um... We got some work to do still. We have some work to do still. We're sitting at six and nine. Um, Tampa Bay, if I'm not mistaken, is sitting at seven and eight. And New Orleans is right on a hill, right on our heels. Excuse me, at six and nine as well. So these last two games are going to be very, very imperative. I mean, it's really extremely simple. You must win your last two games to get in. I don't want to rely on nobody else because what I've seen this season on two separate occasions is the fact that when you rely on somebody else, they're they're about damn near guaranteed to fold on you. Saw it with New Orleans three weeks ago on Monday Night Football. They had a, what, a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. They fucking nutted themselves. And then we saw it again Sunday night with Arizona against Tampa Bay again, a 10-point lead with 10 minutes remaining in the fourth, and they fucking nut themselves. So right now, as far as I'm concerned with the playoffs, and I would like to hear what your thoughts are on it as well, um, as far as I'm concerned, just fucking win football games, bro. Just come out and play football the way that you, you are capable of playing, the way you played against Detroit, and everything else will take care of itself. Everything else will take care of itself. Don't rely on, on, on anybody <clears throat> else's help or whatever because, you know, they, they have the scenarios. Uh, it's freaky. You know, Tampa Bay will have to lose to Atlanta should they beat us this week. Um... You know, we would have to beat New Orleans. It's just very, very freaky. It's very freaky. I don't want to have to deal with it personally. I'd just rather us come out and win the next two games in a row. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's really simple. Just you want to be in a position where you can control your own destiny. Yes. Like, you don't want to leave it up to another man, woman, however you, you know. 
but you don't want to leave it up to that. Like right. just be in a position to where you can control your own fate, and that's what position we're in now. So it's like simple. Win, win the next week, win week in, week out, and yep. and then you're in the playoffs with a home game. And so, but I know you said that you didn't really like want to hear about the scenarios and stuff, but I mean, I think to take New Orleans off, they have to play uh, the Eagles this upcoming Sunday. I mean, in my book, I would guarantee that a loss yes. uh, for New Orleans. Yes. Um, but yeah, if we don't beat Tampa Bay, I'm not necessarily sure they they'll beat Atlanta. I mean, I'm not necessarily sure Atlanta will beat them. But I mean, is I don't know. It's a tricky situation. Like I said earlier uh, in the pod, like when you have uh, Tom Brady at quarterback, given that he hasn't played his best football. But I mean, I just feel like at any time, Tom Brady can be Tom Brady. Right. And then it's wraps for a lot of teams in the league. And so when you're going up against that, you can't take anything for granted. You can't take into account that he went to overtime with the Cardinals and barely beat them. Mm -hmm. You can't take into account that he had a 17-0 lead against Cincinnati. You can't take into account that they struggle to win football games all throughout the year or that they have a banged-up offensive line, a banged-up secondary. Um, he's not able to get Mike Evans the ball. Julio Jones hasn't been a factor. He doesn't have uh, Rob Gronkowski. Like, all of that shit goes out the window when you play Tom Brady. No matter what teams say in the league, again, the teams that they've been playing against, all of that shit is cute. All of that shit, of course, has happened. Like, all of these situations have been thrown against him or threw against him, but at the same time, he's Tom Brady. So he can come in in a given week and just punch you in the mouth. Yeah. And so that's something that we have to take account for, and it's simple. You just have to you just have to win the rest of these games. And I'm not even sure that if we beat Tampa Bay, that New Orleans is going to be a pushover. Yeah. I think that they have a, a fairly solid team, and they just lack a quarterback. And so, I'm not necessarily... Like, we beat both of these teams throughout the regular season, which I said earlier, it's very different circumstances than what it was at that point than it is now. But like I said, uh, you can't really take any of that for granted or take account of any of that. Like, you just have to come out and play your best brand of football these next two weeks. And that's as simple as that. And just real quick, just up and... Just... Just touching on something that I said, I actually misspoke. Well, not necessarily misspoke, but I gave misinformation. Tampa Bay would clinch the NFC South um, this week with a win against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Over the past three weeks or so, I won't even say the past three weeks or so. I will say over the past three weeks um, since Sam Darnold has made his return, we've done a very, very good job at protecting the football. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I mean, inevitably, that starts at the quarterback position. Yeah, for sure. When you when you can get a quarterback who doesn't really put the ball in harm's way, like Sam Darnold's numbers isn't going to necessarily jump off the page at you. But I mean, if you just watch the way he plays, um, I think he typically makes the the smarter passes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually, and we hit on this last week. He's actually one of the few quarterbacks that we've had that when they run the RPO or run the read option, he's not scared to pull the ball and take off with it. Yeah. And that's something that we seen on the goal line last week. He actually got a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I think it was a re-option. Was it a re-option? Yeah. He got he got one this week too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah. It was uh, a, it was a re-option. 
Mm-hmm. It was going away from his real option. He pulled it. He just walked in the end zone. Yeah. Yeah. And so you you want to have quarterbacks who bring a different dynamic to the team. And um, obviously, we thought P.J. Walker would be a quarterback. You know, that's a speedy guy. Yeah. And, but we didn't really see him necessarily, like, taking the ball and taking off with it. And so, but back to what I was, like, the original point. Yeah, Sam hasn't. I don't even know if he's had an interception since he's came back. I don't think he has. Yeah. I don't think he has. He, I mean, he's done a very, very good job at protecting the football. Um, the only the only turnover worthy, I guess, play or the only play where he even put the ball in harm's way was on the goal line against Seattle, in which he recovered the ball and scored a touchdown on it. So yeah, he's done a very good job the last couple of weeks since he's been back. Yeah, and I think that with that being said, you can live with that. Like, you don't. It, it's a lot of quarterbacks in the league who do turn the ball over, who do put the ball in harm's way, but they might have good numbers. But I think what kind of team we are, being a team that has established a run game. We can live with a quarterback who's not throwing for three or four hundred yards a game, but a quarterback who's not putting the ball in harm's way. Yep. I think that that's something we can live with. And so, uh, yeah, like I said, I think he's been playing great or he's been playing fairly good over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And yeah. I agree. I agree. I think that, um, I think that, you know, starting the season off with Baker and then going to, you know, P.J. Walker. P.J. PJ played solid football, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. P.J. was playing solid football. You know, there was a time uh, where I was I was riding heavy for him to be, you know, the starter for the remainder of the year. And then it just seemed like they began to get conservative with him again. Uh, then he suffered the injury, you know. And once he suffered the injury, it, it just opened the door of opportunity while open for Sam Darnold coming off an injury to, re, you know, to retake – that starting position. So I, I've been happy with what I've seen with Sam Darnold. Not as happy as you, because I'm, I, I, I'm for me personally, I'm still not bad. If we in the draft, we go with another quarterback or if we give Matt Corral a, a actual shot this off season. Um, but I know that you're, you're under the, the impression that Sam Darnold is able to, you know, maintain that starting position or starting. Yeah. That starting job uh, for the next year or two. Um, and just to wait, and should it get to that point, then we we address it, you know. After that, but I know that you're 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 riding heavy on that side that Sam Darnold, you know, should be the starter for the remainder of this year and next year. Yeah, and I can understand um, fans that don't want to see that because I I was one of those people. Um, when he first got to the team, those first couple of games, he was leading the league in rushing touchdowns as a quarterback. Yeah, which is like something that. It's unheard of from a player like Sam Darnold and more um, heard of from a player like a Cam Newton, a Lamar Jackson, or something like that. Right. <clears throat> but, uh, and then he completely Pretty went downhill. Pretty much what, you're, what you're saying right there, you're being PC, but you're, it, it, it's very, it, it's not often that you hear a white quarterback leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns. Yeah, pretty much. Cool, okay. And then he, he went downhill from there, and we began to lose football games. So I can see fans on the side, like you are, I can see fans on the other side of the spectrum as far as like, oh, still try to go get somebody. Yeah. But I'm trying to take into account that the way we're playing right now, if we so happen to get into the playoffs, then our draft position looks completely different. And I don't want to get Will Levis. I I really don't. Yeah. And to me, if it's not a Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, then 
I don't really want to deal with a quarterback that's in the draft right now. And going into free agency, if we don't get a quarterback like a Lamar Jackson or a Jimmy G, I don't really know what other quarterbacks are in free agency. But if we're not able to land one of those guys, then I don't really see why we would fuck up a system that's working now. Yeah. Because we're under a new head coach. Uh, and I agree. Give Matt Corral his shot in the offseason. Um we went to a training camp that was ran by Matt Rule, a Matt mm-hmm. Rule-led training camp, yep. and it was seemed to have been a quarterback competition, what Matt Rule had called it, but when we went, it was clearly no, like, I mean, neither one of them outperformed the other, honestly. Right, right. And so I think it would be interesting to see how Steve Wilkes, if he um, is granted the head coaching job, how he will run the training camp. And it would be interesting to see – what a true quarterback competition looks like or what a quarterback competition looks like to Steve Wilkes. Yeah. And I say we drafted Matt Corral uh, to potentially be a starting quarterback in a future year. So give him that opportunity in the offseason and then see how that goes. But for right now, save our draft pick, go get another player on defense um, and continue rolling with Sam into the next season until or if something drastic was to happen or he just completely hit a decline over the next couple of months. But I think that now that he's had the chance to be in the offense for two years now, yeah. he knows the system. Uh, he's a competent quarterback. And like I said, he doesn't really turn the ball over. He hasn't in this past few games that he's been starting. So, I mean, why why go away from it? That's just my stance on it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not mad at that at all. Um, wrapping up here, let's go to... Uh, our let's go player of the game. Let, actually, let's do it how we did it last week. We can go player of the game, uh, and then best and worst. And I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you take the lead on those on, on your awards for this week. Uh, player of the game. Uh, I think I'm a. I mean, it, it's tough. Honestly, I think there was a lot of uh players who who played great during this game. I think obviously. I'm not going to say obviously because you might have someone different. I'm going to have to give it to Deontay Foreman. 165 yards on the ground, averaging 7.9 yards a carry and with a touchdown. Um, It doesn't really get better than that week in and week out. Like, you have a quarterback who can – I mean, a running back who can put up those numbers, like, can put up those numbers in a given week, then, I mean, that's something that any team would love to have. That's like a Derrick Henry-type performance, honestly. And so – I think that I would have to get a player to game to him. Obviously, I think Chuba would be like an honorable mention uh, just because he came in and played great as well at the running back position. But I'm going to have to go Deontay Foreman. Okay, cool. Um, and for your best and worst? Uh, best thing I saw was, I mean, we responded to what lost us the game last week, the offensive line and the defensive line. Um in the trenches, basically. Yeah. So we responded up front by setting a franchise record in rushing yards in the game, rushing yards in the first half in the NFL in the last seven years. And so I think that obviously speaks a lot to the offensive line and the way they played up front. Um, and then also the defensive line being able to neutralize uh, Jared Goff and the weapons that the Lions have on offense as far as their receivers and uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, who leads the league in rushing touchdowns. 
And so I think we did a very good job in just really coming out and punching them in the mouth. And that started in the trenches this week. And that was something that we kind of uh, was hard on them about last week. And so sure. I think they did a great job in responding. So that'll be my best thing. Um, worst thing, I would say, is the J.C. Horn injury. And the reason I'm going to mm -hmm. say that is because, obviously, that's a big blow to the team. And I know that that opens the door for a lot of, like, a lot of bad play that can come from that. Yes. Like, a lot of bad play can come from losing our best corner and one of the best corners in the league. Just look up the stats. I'm not guessing it. One of the best corners in the league and oh, a shit. Pro Bowl snub. And so... Yeah, I, I would say that that's probably the worst thing I saw. Fair, fair. Um, yeah, it, like you said, definitely one of the best cornerbacks in the league, if not the best. I mean, niggas will they'll sit there and argue with you all day, but when you turn that film on and you see the the you know the caliber of receivers that he's guarding on a week in week out basis, and you see his stats, it, you have a hard time making an argument for anybody else. Yeah. You have very, very hard time making an argument for anybody else. And a lot of people, like I said, they're going to argue that, you know. But the reality of it is J.C. Horn is a shutdown corner. Did we see him get burnt against Detroit this week? Yes. But does that happen often? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, you know, for somebody that's trying to make an argument for Patrick Sertain being, you know, better than J.C. or being higher, you know, a higher-rated cornerback than J.C., I, I, I mean – only thing I would like to say is just go turn on the, G, uh, the DJ Moore film. That's all you have to do. And that completely dis, you know, disregards that nigga completely out of the conversation. Yeah. Simple as that. Um, so I would, I mean, I'm not mad at that, that worst thing at all either because that's it. That's going to be a huge blow in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. That's going to be a huge blow in my opinion. And hopefully we're able to respond up front. Um, so that won't have that much of an effect on us. Uh, for me, my player of the game is going to be Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods, we came out and said, <laughs> we came out and said last week we were on Xavier Woods top either last week or two weeks ago, um, saying that we, you know, we hadn't heard much from him at all. You know, he he hadn't done shit, et cetera, et cetera. This week, three tackles, uh, two big time uh, pass deflections or pass breakups, however you want to score that PBUs. Um, and that hit on the goal line when he bought stretch armor raw. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, damn. So that's going to be my player of the week, Xavier Woods. Uh, I think he had a hell of a game. Obviously, I could go a lot of, you know, I could got, go uh, many different routes. Uh, I could have gone Deontay. I could have gone Chuba. Obviously, those guys are going to get honorable mentions from me. Um, but Xavier Woods, to me, like I said, we were very tough on him, and we have been tough on him for the past couple of weeks. So it's only right that we give him his flowers. And I know Terrence be hating that shit sometimes, bro, because <laughs> he be thinking that I be jumping out the window too quick. But It's not even that. It's just that I feel like most of the time I probably give y'all like the some of the most obvious players of the game, and then this nigga come on here and just say the most <laughs> far-fetched player of the game. <laughs> but it be real shit, though, bro. It be real yeah. shit. That's the thing. It'd be real shit. Yeah, yeah. For, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and he's saying that because like a couple weeks ago I went with, <laughs> I went with Sam Franklin. Like, but Sam be sliding, bro. Like, Sam be sliding, bro. A I nigga swear that to God. don't even start like special teams demon. A special went. teams demon. He be laying shit. Hmm. 
And he, you know, he was hating on me for that shit too. Then Sam started getting reps, and he like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, <laughs> nigga. Xavier was my player of the week. All of that being said, um, best and worst. The best thing that I saw was the offensive line by far. Um, you know, we were tough on them last week. We called them out. I said two weeks ago that they were elite. Then I came in last week and said y'all were bullshit because I, I, I mean, I thought y'all were living like that, and I understand that y'all were going up against, you know. Cam Cam Hayward and, 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 and TJ Watt. But fuck. I mean, that shit was just embarrassing. They responded. They looked, you know, they looked elite once again. The holes that I was seeing from where we were fucking sitting. I mean, fuck. <laughs> I'm running through them bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. So offensive line by far to me was the best thing that I saw. Um, because we like we said, we were in the building and just to see that shit open up. Just from where we were sitting, seeing, you know, the way everything was coming together, the scheme, just the way they, they just came and punched niggas in the mouth. Just phenomenal performance from uh, from the offensive line, in my opinion. Uh, the worst thing that I saw, you know, we talked about it, touched on it a little bit earlier, but the worst thing that I saw was was kickoff. <laughs> kickoff, is that shit is really going to bother me. And now that I'm bringing it up, it's going to be something that y'all can, you know, kind of tune into and look at as well. If you have access to NFL Plus, uh, you can go look at, you know, the, the All-22 view and everything like that if you want and kind of gauge and see what I'm talking about. But the worst thing that I saw, like, really, really was kickoff. Obviously, I could have went JC, but because you went JC and for content purposes, um, that's where I'm going to go. Kickoff, it has to be better. It has to be better because I can I can see that coming back biting us in the ass. Because if you play Dallas, if you play Dallas, again, jumping way, 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 way too far ahead of myself. But if you play Dallas round one and that effort that I'm seeing on kickoff for the past three weeks, you try that shit with Turbin. What's my man named Turbin? Yeah, Turpin. Turpin. You try that shit with him, <laughs> you're going to crib that shit. And, 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 and all momentum that you may or may not have at that time is going to be gone. So kickoff has to be better. That's just, it, it's just that simple. That's the worst thing that I saw. Cool. <laughs> cool. I respect it. I mean, yeah, for sure. Because, I, I mean, I remember, like, we were, blo- we were blowing Detroit out, but I was just so hot in the fucking stands. <laughs> like, I don't understand what the fuck is going on. I, I really don't. So the effort on, on that front has to be better. I'm not going to lie because... If not, this shit is, is, is just going to be bad. It's just going to be bad. Let's start that shit back over. Close that shit. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know if I'll... Yeah, we'll close out to this. Now, if we go on... Now, let me go ahead and warn y'all <laughs> now. We go to Raymond James and we clip that hoe. Tom Brady. <laughs> Watch how quick I pull my ski mask back out. <laughs> appreciate y'all tuning in. I'm your host, JJ. I'm your uh, co-host, Terrence. And yeah, we appreciate y'all. Continue to tap in. All platforms continue to like, follow, subscribe, comment. We like when y'all argue. We like when y'all debate. Because um, we definitely going to come back at you. Uh, so continue to tap in, continue to support. And we'll be back with y'all next week with another episode. Hey, and I got something to say. A lot of y'all TikTok niggas, y'all be very, very chatty. Because I, I posted that shit about George Pickens. Niggas was chatty. I'll show you the comment section. Okay, cool. But y'all niggas come see about me then, fuck nigga. What the fuck are you talking about? We'll see y'all next week.